Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. This podcast was created to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and remember who you are, light and love. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Again, that's heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 365. Today, you're going to learn from my guest about how to become a magnet for miracles. Welcome to today's interview. I brought on Teresa McAlliger. Teresa, welcome. Thank you, Heather. I'm happy to be here. Please give listeners a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? I live in the southwestern corner of Pennsylvania, and I'm retired from a 20-year career with the U.S. government. And currently, I'm an online entrepreneur teaching mindset and how to become a magnet for miracles. And that's why we're here today. I love that. So maybe could you explain a little bit, what does that mean, a magnet for miracles? So my spiritual path has been a course in miracles. And a friend of mine, Carly Judd Hardy and I, who she's also a student of a course in miracles, the two of us teamed up together and decided that we wanted to put something out on the internet for students of A Course in Miracles who are struggling with the material and find that it's really abstract, really theoretical, and there's a lot of dogma. And we wanted to show them that A Course in Miracles can actually be fun and easy and transformative in your life. We wanted to show people how to apply it in their life instead of just read about it. And I, well, I think that's key, right? So whether they're reading A Course in Miracles or any book teaching any principle, if you don't implement, if you don't apply, because I, this used to be a big quote passing through personal development in the last few years, that knowledge is power. And it's like, no, knowledge is not power. Experiences, application is. And for those, if somebody hasn't even heard of A Course in Miracles, can you please give just a super high level overview? What is this book text? Sure. So A Course in Miracles is a book that was channeled in the 1960s by a woman named Helen Shookman, and she was assisted in the channeling process by her colleague at work, a man named Bill Thetford, and both of them were psychologists who had no interest in spirituality or expectation that they would be doing this kind of work, but it just kind of came through. And they wrote down, Helen Shookman heard a voice in her head that said, this is A Course in Miracles, please take notes. She tried to ignore it for a while. And then finally, Bill Thetford said, why don't you just take notes and see what happens? So she started writing down what she heard the voice say. And it turned into a huge text, over 600 pages of material. And that was followed by a workbook with 365 lessons. And then eventually there was another smaller section called the Manual for Teachers. And together they wrote all of this down and eventually had it published. So um, it started off as a sort of a small work that was shared among friends. And then once it was published, eventually it was translated into many, many languages. And it's, there are study groups all over the world now that um, 
read A Course in Miracles and try to implement the practical suggestions from the workbook lessons. Well, and what you said about the 365 lessons for somebody new to it, it's literally a daily lesson for a year. And the whole purpose of the course and something I shared with you, I've dabbled in it since like 2010. And I mean, dabble because it really is at first glance, it's a complete paradigm shift. It's overwhelming. It, it makes you kind of look back and think like, what is any of this for? But I love that you just teach it so elegantly. And, and I would love for you to share more about this mindset piece. And you, you know, you shared that suffering is optional. And that's a message I love to tell people that we're co-creators, that you are literally creating your reality based on your mindset and your perception and your beliefs that the mind is the cause. So everything within is creating the external effects. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, I want to offer you some additional resources. Check out my website, heatherhakes.com and take the free life assessment. This is a great tool to take inventory in life where you're feeling in alignment and abundant and where you're simply feeling stuck, stressed out, or as someone recently emailed me, completely ruining their life. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. Again, check out my website, heatherhakes.com and click on course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. I will teach you what has taken me years and tens of thousands of dollars to learn in which you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free strategy call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now back to regular programming. But if you would just take it from there, please, and just share more of what are your teachings and that, you know, we are powerful co-creators and we can change this anytime. Yeah, that's exactly correct, Heather. Although the course is not really designed to show you how to create your reality, that's sort of the next level up from the course. A Course in Miracles is designed to show us that we've been mistaken about who we really are, mm -hmm. that we think that we're these small, limited, helpless creatures who um, are born into a body, have to suffer and struggle, and then just eventually die, which is not a fun way to go through life. And to let us know that we're really so much more than that, that we're really spiritual beings having a human experience here, and that we were created in the image and likeness of our creator, and therefore we're also able to create. But the purpose of the 365 workbook lessons is to gradually take away all of the false beliefs that we have grasped onto without even realizing what we were doing because when we were growing up, we listened to society, we listened to teachers, we listened to our parents, we listened to our preachers or pastors or whoever we saw as authority figures in our life and absorbed whatever they told us without question. And then all of those beliefs create blockages in our life that prevent us from be able, being able to flourish. And um, the course helps us to undo those blockages and let go of those false belief systems so that we can be who we were really meant to be. Well, and I think a, a way to describe it is I've heard it before that, you know, the whole idea of generational trauma that, but it's this 
you know, you are a product of your environment. It's all the conditioning that you've been taught at home and at school and your neighborhood and community and whatever. But yeah, that's a point of the course that we think we're this 3D body with our five senses, a very limited perspective. It's like we have these blinders on when the truth is, and what I understand from the course, it is this undoing and it's this mind training to open our awareness, to shift our perception from this small, tiny being we think we are to this unlimited, expansive energy we truly are. That's a beautiful description. That's exactly what it's all about. So then can can we talk about some misconceptions? Because this was, this has been big since at least 2007, but law of attraction and people are out there trying to manifest and manipulate matter and energy. Can you share some misconceptions? Yeah, sure. So the course never really talks about manifesting or law of attraction or any of those things. Um, The, what the course says is that our task here is to remove the blockages to the awareness of love's presence. It says that love is really all there is and all that matters and all that's true. And that when we focus on other things, we're confusing ourselves and distracting ourselves from the truth. And law of attraction has more to do with creating a life here in the world of form that will make us happy. But oftentimes people get off track because they think that things out in the world will bring happiness to them, having a new car or having a better job or having the right relationship is what will bring them joy. And what the course says is that the only true joy comes from knowing God, from knowing who you really are, where you really came from and your true identity, which is spirit. However, once you are aligned with your true identity as spirit, you are then able to tap into this creative, creative force and miracles start to happen in the world of form and things start to show up and you do start to attract things in the world of form. So law of attraction, if it's misunderstood, can be putting the cart before the horse, um, trying to make something happen coming from an identity of a person who is lacking and needs something. And what I have found is with the foundation of A Course in Miracles and understanding that nothing is ever lacking, that we already have and we already are everything that we ever will need, then we can start to create things and attract things in the world of form. So it's it's almost the reverse of a law of attraction yeah. um, as I understand it. Well, and I like what you said there, and you're right, when somebody who's using law of attraction principles, which, you know, I think there is some truth to it, that we are like attracts like, and our thoughts and emotions and energy create our reality. I I do think there's a lot of truth in that, but you're right. If you're trying to sit here and manifest more money or a relationship or a car or a house, it's very conditional in, in your ultimately you are coming from the space of, I don't have, but when I have that thing, fill in the blank, then I'll feel whole, happy, complete, in love, wealthy, etc. And it's, you're right, completely backwards. But two words I just wrote down that really resonated with me when you were sharing that, it's a difference of power versus force. 
So the ego mentality is sitting here trying to force, strategize, make things happen, where when we can have the shift in perspective, we're literally coming from this powerful, infinite space, our core essence. Is that fair? Exactly. Yes. And law of attraction does like I've listened to Abraham Hicks a lot. And one of the things that they do teach is feeling good is the work. Mm -hmm. Feeling good is the work. It's not about trying to make anything happen. It's about feeling as good as you think you will feel once it's already happened and putting your energy into that space. And A Course in Miracles also teaches that, but in a different way. The Course is telling us that we don't need to try so hard. Mm. that we can relax, that we are already loved, we are already saved, we are already perfect and whole and complete. And we can just trust and have faith that everything is working out the way that it's meant to and also always working out for the benefit of everyone. It's always working out for the highest good and we don't need to struggle and, and try so hard to get it right. Wait, but most people think I have to work hard and earn money. I have to prove my worth. I have to, you know, I could go on for hours about that. But how do you have that paradigm shift, that mindset shift to realize who you truly are and that you can be in flow and ease and alignment and things just happening and joy? How do you do that? So all of that struggle comes from judgment. It comes from me thinking that I know what's best and I know what should happen or that I know what I want to happen. And one of the earliest lessons in A Course in Miracles says, I don't know what anything is for and I do not even perceive my own best interests. Mm. So if I can let go of the notion that I know how things are supposed to turn out or I know what's best, and turn that power or that idea over to God or infinite intelligence or source or whatever you want to call it, your higher self, to determine what is best for me and how things should go, then my experience has been that things will always turn out even better than maybe I could have imagined. I, I, and I I have a very clear example to give you if you want to hear about it. Yes, please. So when I was in my 20s, I met a man that I thought was the be all and end all. I thought he was the perfect guy for me and I desperately wanted to marry him. And we fell in love and we started dating and we started talking about our future together. And he seemed to have all of the qualities that I thought were ideal in a romantic partner. He was good looking, he was smart, he was funny, he had a good career, he you know, he just seemed to have it all going on. He was a good dresser. He was a good dancer. Like he seemed to check all the boxes. Right. And we dated for years and the relationship wasn't going anywhere. And I suddenly started to realize that like, I was really unhappy, but I just kept thinking I could make it work. I could change. I could change him. I could change myself that somehow I could, could make it go somewhere. And uh, this is the time in my life when I encountered A Course in Miracles. And I started doing the workbook lessons and I got through about the first 50. And I started to see more and more clearly that superficially, this guy had a lot lot of uh, good qualities, but 
there were a lot of negatives as well that I had been blind to, or I had been in denial about. Mm-hmm. And I had, and the relationship was not supporting me or making me happy. It was making me miserable. And so I had been, my mind had been locked on the, onto the idea that this relationship was the thing for me. And I started to question that and gradually release the idea that this was what I needed or wanted in my life and started to be a little open and willing to, maybe I don't know who was the right guy for me. Maybe spirit has a better understanding or a a bigger picture on things than I do. And I should not be so certain that I know. And then I went into a space, which for me, which was very scary, this guy and I broke up and I was single and I was alone for the first time in my life that I wasn't dating anybody since I had been 15. And by this time I was about 28. And it just felt very um, uncertain and I felt very like vulnerable. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't have any, the security of a relationship. It was un known territory for me and after a few months I met another guy who was just as good looking just as charming just as romantic and sweet had a good career and he turned out to be a thousand times better than the first guy in terms of quality and he proposed to me and we got married and that was 29 years ago so we've been happily married now for all this time we've raised three children together I, I'm just as crazy about him as when I first met him. And looking back, I can see how I was blocking myself from meeting somebody like him because I was so convinced that I knew what I wanted or what was best. And I had no clue. So what that makes me think as an example, because I love metaphors, for people who are very type A planners, I, I consider myself a recovering type A because I used to always need a plan. I had to book my calendar. I had to know what was happening. I could not be spontaneous. I always wanted to be in control. And that is the key word, needing to be in control. How would you tell somebody who has that or has been doing that? And although it creates stress and anxiety and worry and whatever, ultimately when you feel the need to be in control, it's fear. It's very fear-based. So how would you tell somebody, whether it's in their finances, their love, it doesn't matter what area of life, if they feel, oh my gosh, that really resonates. I'm feeling that. How do you let go? I love the word surrender. How do you surrender your plan? Isn't there a saying out there is something about make a plan and and God laughs or, you know, what's that saying? Yes. Man makes plans and God laughs. So how do we release, let go, surrender to have a much better reality by letting go? How do you tell someone to do that? Yeah, that's the, the golden ticket question, right? Like <laughs> yeah. for, years, for years, my husband used to tell me like, you just need to relax. If you would just relax, everything would go fine. And I'd be like, how, but how, how do I relax? You need to tell me how. And he couldn't tell me because he did it automatically. He didn't know what the steps were. It just Mm. came instinctively to him. And so that's what I think is the beauty of A Course in Miracles is it gives you a step-by-step process to show you little by little how to let go of control, how to have more trust, 
how to surrender your vision for a bigger, better vision that you are not even aware of. And for me, it came down to recognizing that nothing that I had tried was working. Mm. I had tried this, I had tried that, and none of it had led to happiness for me. And to basically throw my hands up in the air and say, there must be a better way. And I don't know what it is, but I'm willing to be led. Yeah. Well, then I'm curious, how, how do you spend your days now? Because a, a lot of people, especially in this space are about, and I do believe in daily disciplines, whether you call it that or morning routines, but this kind of like flow space, what are you doing? Are you journaling? Are you meditating? Are you walking in nature? What are you doing to continually those repetitions to connect with source, to feel that love and that joy and to be guided? So I do all of those things that you mentioned. I do have a daily morning routine. I found that to be the most helpful for me to stay aligned. So actually, even before I get out of bed in the morning, I make sure my mind is right before my feet hit the floor. So I used to wake up years ago and my mind would feel like it was being slammed with, I need to do this. I need to take care of that and worrying about things. And I, I don't allow that to happen first thing in the morning anymore. If it, it, well, it doesn't happen anymore, but if it did, I would immediately catch myself and shift gears. But as soon as I'm awake and I'm conscious of the fact that I'm awake, I immediately um, start telling myself affirmations or my workbook lesson from the course or something that aligns me with spirit. And then when I get out of bed, I always have quiet time in the morning, which might involve journaling. It might involve walking in nature. It might involve reading something inspirational, but I make that a priority and do that before I engage in, in any activity or with anyone or with social media. So that's very important to me to set the tone for my day. And then after that, I'm open to whatever shows up for me. So I do make plans. I do have a planner where I write down things like I had this podcast today, for example. But I'm also open to change the plans if something else comes up because I understand that my small ego mind doesn't have the big picture and doesn't know all of the components of what is meant to happen. And I need to be flexible. And if something is showing up for me, maybe it's a sign from the universe that I need to shift gears. I think a key word in what you're describing, how you start your day is to be intentional. Absolutely. Where it's so easy and, and, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I definitely fall trapped to this at times, but you, you want to go straight to your addictions to get those highs and you want to get on your phone and you want to scroll, see what you missed, get, you know, like get those highs. But instead, if you are intentional with your day and you create that quiet space, it's like it one for me, especially it feels better. It's that clarity in yeah, the clarity in, in my mind. But for me, I like to go to the gym. I want that movement, those feel good endorphins, those natural highs. And then I go to the rest of my day. And that's a great practice too. Exercise is a wonderful way to, to get aligned with spirit. I mean, everybody's different and you need to experiment and see what works for you, but it does make a big difference to start the day out right. And if you don't, there's actually a section in the course that says, this is how you should start your day. You should ask, where would you have me go? 
What would you have me do? What would you have me say and to whom? And then listen for the answer. Listen for a sign or a whisper um, before you move forward with your day. But the course also says that if you forget to do that in the morning or you don't have time to do it in the morning, you can always do it later in the day and just start fresh wherever you are and choose again. And that takes complete trust and faith and surrendering to, okay, I'm going to lay aside my plans. What do you want me to do, say, and and where to go? So yeah, that's one I've I've definitely written down. And again, I'm going to be honest and I'm not there yet. I, I, and I do feel better when I surrender and let go and and things just happen so easily, but I, I definitely still have some of that ego identity of Heather and needing to control or to plan. And so I'm, I'm in this delicate balance and dance of figuring it out. One of the things that, that really inspired me, Heather, was reading the autobiography of Peace Pilgrim. No, not autobiography, biography. It was um, stories that people had written down about her and copies of talks that she had given that have been compiled into a book. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with her? I've never heard that, no. Peace Pilgrim. So her real name was Mildred something, and she was born in New England and I don't know, the, maybe the 1930s or something. But she had this spiritual awakening at a certain point in her life. And then she felt called to go on a pilgrimage and walk across the United States. Mm-hmm. And she was a big hiker from a young age. She liked to spend time out in nature. And she was actually out in a, a wooded area when she had this mystical vision. But she crisscrossed the United States, I don't know how many times on foot in her 50s or 60s, and was always divinely supported and provided for wherever she went. She never had a plan. She just showed up and people took her in, people fed her, people clothed her. And people said she had an energy about her when they were around her that was, you know, high level, enlightened energy. And when I read her story, I thought, wow, this is like a modern day Jesus, right? This is somebody who fully trust in, in spirit and managed to get along just fine. So if she can do it, we all can do it. I love that. And something else you shared with me, um, why well, I, I think this is kind of in line that the course teaches is that we have an authority problem. Can you explain that? Yes, the course says that we have an authority problem, which means that we think that we're in control of things going on here. We think we can, we can take charge and make things happen the way we want them to go. And then what happens a lot of times when things don't go our way is we get really upset, we get angry, we frustrate ourselves. And it's the recognition of the fact that we are actually not in control of anything that we are not the one who makes the earth go around the sun. We're not the ones who make our hearts beat and circulate blood through our bodies. We are not the ones who are making, you know, flowers grow. We're not doing any of that. So why do we think we're in control of other things? We're not in charge of anything. We're here to be guided and to let go of control. And that's why the message that suffering is optional is so key because you can, we can choose to let go at any time. And that's a word I use often as choice, but I think it's also some humility that, wow, 
I don't know everything. Yeah, the authority problem comes from thinking that we know. When we recognize that we don't really know all the mysteries of the universe mm -hmm. and that uh, we can let go of this grandiosity, what the Course calls grandiosity, and and be open to be led. But then when we do that, we find that we're, we've always been loved, that the universe has our best interests at heart, and we don't have to try so hard because all of our suffering comes from thinking that things are going wrong and we have to fix them. Mm -hmm. And when we, when, we, when we see that everything is going right, even if we don't understand how in the moment, and we can allow things to just unfold, the suffering disappears, yeah. just becomes joy. Well, and, and I want to share this on a high note, something you shared with me when we were talking offline is that the, the purpose of this human experience is to follow our bliss, right? That's something you said. Yes, that's how I see it. Yeah, now that I, I, I'm not struggling and suffering anymore over how things should be or how people should be, and I can just tune into what makes me Be. life life is so much really key is that happiness spreads mm. so when you're happy you make the people around you happy and there's this ripple effect and it's not selfish to do what makes you happy it's actually unselfish because you are spreading joy on the planet for everybody here i love that so i have a question for you if you could give humanity one message like your billboard message what do you want people to know oh my goodness Billboard message. Well, I guess that suffering is optional. That's what I feel that I'm here to teach and to share that if you're, if you're unhappy, if you're struggling, if you're suffering, it doesn't have to be that way. There's another better way to go through life. And is that what you're teaching in the magnet for miracles? Yes. And you're muted. Teresa, you're muted. Sorry, who are born into family it's available to everyone and it's not as hard as it seems that you just have to be willing to let go of the things that make you miserable mm. and then do you have a story or an example or kind of I love you know a three-step process or a bulleted list or like a how-to but how do we have this shift from control into becoming this magnet for miracles and into flow how do we do that so I don't know if I have a three-step process. <laughs> the course has a 365-step yeah. process, <laughs> and I trust in that, although honestly, it doesn't take a whole year. It's all about willingness. Mm -hmm. It's all about the desire to want something more for your life. And when I was going through this period that I described when I was in this unhappy relationship, I created a mantra for myself that said, I'm a good person and I deserve to be happy. And I wrote that on three by five cards and I posted it all over my house. But at that point in time, I didn't deeply believe it. I wanted to believe it, that I deserve to be happy, but I still thought I had to earn it in some way. Mm -hmm. What I have come to know is that you don't have to earn anything. You deserve to be happy just because you're breathing just because you're here, just because you were born. And 
uh, yeah, I just want to encourage people to follow whatever resonates with them and whatever brings them joy and bliss and not feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the course is about undoing guilt and understanding that guilt serves no useful purpose and that guilt is actually what is keeping us stuck in our problems and it doesn't help in any way. It's not a good thing. Yes. Okay, then I want to ask you, because I feel like we've touched on a lot of some course principles, some high level overview. What is one key takeaway you want listeners to get? The one key takeaway I want to share is that the universe loves you. God loves you. Your higher self loves you. And that when you know and understand that enough to love yourself as much as you are loved, everything will shift for you. Yes. Everything will change for the better. Well, in, in Abe talk, because I do talk about Abraham Hicks often, it's that emotional guidance scale. You will start resonating and vibrating at this high level of joy and gratitude, love and happiness, but ultimately love is the top. And when you are coming from that space, that whole like attracts like, when you are living from that kind of energy, of course, your entire world will shift. Mm. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then I have a couple rapid fire questions to ask you to wrap up the interview. All right. What is a quote or motto that you live by? Uh, my favorite lesson from A Course in Miracles, Lesson 77, says God's will for you is perfect happiness. Mm. Yes. So easy. <laughs> What is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend? So one that I'm currently reading is I Am That by Sri Nisargadatta. It came to me in a sort of miraculous way. I wanted to buy it and someone gifted it to me Mm. and I've just started it, but it talks about how um, important it is to know the self, to know who you really are. Which is what from that book? which is not the body, not the personality, not the limited human self, but an extension of God, basically. Yeah. Yes. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Oh my goodness. Just relax and don't try so hard and (laughs) just take it easy because everything is going to be all right. Mm. What a great note to end on. Teresa, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Heather. I've enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. I'd love to connect with you on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes or subscribe to my YouTube channel, Heather Hakes. I'll catch you on the next episode.